All right, man. Welcome to Crow Triple Seven Radio. This is episode 232. It's just Jason and I today, and I guess I should announce this will not run on YouTube. Uh, the new little YouTube interface is another catch-22. The biofield tuning episode we just ran was flagged and nailed as dangerous content. When I uploaded the last episode with Rafi, uh, I was told you made a mistake on your self-evaluation and you better be careful, basically, being threatened. And there is no method that I could find to dispute the fact that a tuning fork is not dangerous. So this is the new way we're doing things here uh, so they can kiss my butt. They'll get a bumper that says I'm running all the content where we speak like human beings over at Crow777Radio.com. Anyhow, before I get Jason in here, I have a mea culpa episode, which is the whole point of this. It's about the Zodiac. Um, I need to undo some things I said, but the reason I said them was absolutely provably correct. In fact, the Zodiac was changed right exactly where we said it was. I can prove it. Well, I could prove it back then. But the unhelpful thing I did was I didn't know enough to say more, so people began to discard that sign. Well, now I know enough. And it's, let me tell you something, when you get on a path looking for information and you're serious about it, it's almost like the heavens open and they put these things you need to see in your path. I can't even start to explain to you how many different old texts came to me, even a concordance where I'm like, what is this word? And I'm going over and all of a sudden it all began to came to come together. To be very specific, I began to realize what I'm about to tell you to undo the unfortunate way I left it. Um, the Zodiac we have is correct. It is changed for our age. So that is what we use. We use 12 signs and I accept it all day long. But it was so kind of remote, the things that came together to allow me to understand it, that I was faced with a situation where I'm looking at all these texts, and I know they're encoding the stations of the sun. There's 12 knights of the round table. They're encoding the stations of the sun. King Arthur is 13. He is the sun. Hercules, he's the sun. He's wearing the Cleonian lion's sign. That's Leo. That's the sign of the sun. He does 12 labors. Those are the 12 stations of the sun. Uh, I knew it, but I was faced with a problem. If what, I, if what I knew then was true, then that's all nonsense. It's not nonsense. And that's what I'm coming to undo here. And just to be perfectly clear, by chance, I was going through the 12 labors of Hercules, trying desperately to find a way to not say this is all nonsense. I can't make any of it come together anymore. And it was the 11th labor of Hercules that saved me. And allows me to say now, the 12 signs of the Zodiac we have were changed provably changed, has to do with Virgo, Libra, and the Scorpion. Probably, almost certainly, in a previous age that we know damn near nothing about, there were 10 signs. And what's even more astonishing is it's likely that one sign was manipulated to get where we are now. And I'm not going to cover too much of that. But at the base of the ideas of this portion of the Zodiac, we have the idea of balance. And here, here was the problem. That balance represents so much in our world. Equinoxes, what about law? What do you think law is showing you those balances all the time? It is a real deal in a material world of reality, the idea of duality and balance. There's no separating. And so when you have the virgin, think about what it means, and the scorpion, think about what it means. When you go to a body chart and you look at what the scorpion stands in for, it's the human genitals. 
What's been jammed in between them is this idea of balance, and this is key to our age. Anyhow, that was a big mouthful. Welcome, Jason. Well, good morning. I'm sitting in a hot box right now, waiting for my AC to kick on. <laughs> I don't have AC in this house, <laughs> um, but that's okay. Um, you know, this is the way we've been doing it. Um, let me say one more thing. In the 12 labors of Hercules, and by the way, in our age, all these stories, and I would mark Hercules as one of the oldest, and then King Arthur, one of the newest, but they're all telling you the same story with slightly different facets. But what they're pointing out is so much of what we covered. The sky clock matters. Matters in such a way that I don't even have enough skill or knowledge to impart because I'm still wearing diapers like most of us listening. That's the truth. And that's how you make mistakes, like understanding the Zodiac was changed, but not knowing enough to trust it, to realize, wait a minute, this is for our age. And I know that now. The 11th labor of Hercules has to do with the golden apples, hint, hint, hint. Matter of fact, 9-11 in the big apple is going to encode to these ideas. Um, so that's, that's what tipped the scale in my favor and sent me on a trajectory into concordances and all these other things I'd read and notes I had scribbled down. And it hit me like a ton of bricks all at once, but it was such a relief because now I know um, this idea of 12 and all these myths and stories and scripture and all of it are all telling us versions of the same story at different authoritative levels, but it is the effort of human beings who knew to try to preserve what is important. In the same way, the alchemists, what they knew was under attack. It was going away. Science was going to replace it. The Vatican was going to stomp out anyone who tried to bring forward the magical ideas of natural science into the modern age. So they hit it all over the place in architecture, in cathedrals, in um, the Mother Goose fairy tales of all places. So I know I'm kind of rambling, but the key point here is I made a big mistake. I found the error. I proved the error. But a lot of people listening to me said, well, I can't trust the Zodiac, which is where I, I was. You can trust the Zodiac. The 12 signs we have were put together for our specific age. And that's going to lead us into a whole other conversation where I'm going to start with the Marvel movies. But anyhow, Jason, anything you want to get in before we dive into basically provably the biggest movie franchise in our lifetimes um, is where we're going to open up. Right. The Marvel movies are a big deal. You don't think that was an accident, do you? No. The quality, the amount of money, uh, the infighting of so many famous people scratching and clawing, trying to be a part of it, the power of the decision makers who get to say who's in it, the overwhelming quality and effort put into them, and the fact that there are, count the ways here, 22 interconnected movies culminating in the end game and wait for it. I went back to review the end game because I knew I was going to do this. And I watch movies sometimes, but for the most part, they've lost their luster for me. And I, I always find myself, Oh, this isn't code. I, I don't, I don't want to do that anymore. I've done that. So I went back purposely to end game to take apart certain points to make the points I'm going to make here. As I loaded it, uh, from one of the main purveyors of movies, Cox, uh, in this country, the runtime was listed in two different ways. It was three hours, one minute, and 10 seconds, 
or three hours, one minute, and 11 seconds. There's your 311. Where did I make the claim that this started for us? And this tells us a whole myriad of things. The title of the movie is The End Game. The runtime, I mean, you can ask Rose how long ago she and I sat down trying to decipher what we knew was encoded in runtimes. Um, and we couldn't do it um, across the board. We could do it in some places, um, but but there it is. But as we get any, anything you want to add before we begin to just jump into some of the things being obviously encoded in the end game. No, other than I'm not surprised that you found it. I mean, this is what they do, isn't it? It is. And for people who will remember some work I did all the way back with the movie Michael, that was an epiphany moment. I knew what was going on. But I'd never taken the time to create a video and with minutiae go through. And here's the thing about when the Zodiac gets encoded. They almost always do it out of order. Like if you're in cancer, you would expect the next thing up to be encoded would be Leo. But sometimes the next thing up will be Virgin, you know, Virgo. They do it because it would be too obvious otherwise. There's probably some high-level occult reasons they do it, but it doesn't matter. I'm just making the point that it's not chronological as we see it on the Zodiac. And in the movie Michael, where John Travolta is playing an angel, he's actually playing an angle. He is not playing an angel. He is an angle of the sun, and he portrays the sun and all 12 of its stations. There is the sky clock. There is your divine law. Um, these are things that I've tried to get to for a long, long time, but it's been difficult. And part of the reason it's been difficult is because these men in black up there in front, acting like they know some things, telling you literal words or as best you could do, told you that the sky clock is evil. And then they accused you of worshiping it. Well, I got news for all you men in black to hell, literally to hell with all of that. The sky clock, if you want to make the argument up there wearing your black, that God is everything and he created this place, then who created the sky clock? That is an aspect of nature. Nature is perfect, and the light and the thing that, that drives all this is the sun. That's why all this was done, and that's why so much effort has been taken to fool you into thinking it's evil, into thinking it doesn't matter, into thinking it's hocus-pocus, all lies, provable lies. Go read about the 12 labors of Hercules. Go read about the 12 nights of the round table. I could go on and on. Go read about the 12 disciples, one of the highest levels of that representation that you'll ever come across. So that is going to be the crux of what we're getting into here. If you want to go back and review what I did with the movie Michael, where he is playing an angle of the sun, even when the titles come up in that movie, uh, it glows like the sun. And I would do much better if I did the breakdown today, but if anyone can't find it, um, email Rose or myself, and we'll we'll dial you in to the YouTube clip that does it. And by the way, that was removed twice. I've re-uploaded it twice. As far as I know, it's still there. But in the opening of Endgame, the first thing you see, and there is no intro, there's no nothing. It cuts straight to it, which tells you it's important. And what you're seeing is the Hawkeye guy teaching his daughter to become an archer. That is the sign of Sagittarius. Just previous or just post, I don't remember which, Tony Stark is stuck in outer space and he actually tells us what the date is. He informs us it's the 21st. No, it's the 22nd. Well, we're talking about Sagittarius. So sometime in mid 
November, we're going to go into the sign of the archer. Um, and then right at the summer, the low point of the sun, the winter solstice, not summer, the winter solstice, Sagittarius is going to end. That's what Tony Stark is framing. And that's why they're showing you um, the, the archery metaphor for whatever reason. Now, this is where it gets difficult. Are they being literal? Because they're about to show his family disappear. And so many people are worried that people are going to be dropping with flies. And I'm not going to try to get out my crystal ball, but I can certainly tell you what's being encoded here. So we're in the sign of Sagittarius. They've informed us it will be the low point of the sun. And that's where the whole thing opens up. So the reason all this is critical is because for whatever reason you want to say, big important movies have been used to encode real events in the world. They always have. Um, and so that's why I'm pointing this out. And this is the biggest franchise of all time. And it doesn't follow the rules, does it? When you have a franchise this big and this popular, do you end it? Is that what you do? So it was more important for them to encode March 11 of 2020, which also tells us the epicenter of the encoding is the United States. That's us. Started that day for us, not the rest of the world, us. Um, and so these are the things being communicated. So. Another key point that dawned on me as I was getting in is I still can't balance the age of Aquarius. Every The oldest texts that I accept, by the way, will tell me, if you want to know what age you're in, you look at the spring equinox in March, and you look at the sun and the sign, the zodiacal sign that is apparently behind the sun on that day informs you of the age you're in. Everywhere of any text that I've ever accepted and trusted to some degree has told me that we know we're going into a new age after december 21 i don't think anyone can accurately argue we're not going into a new age so here's what i've realized and i can't prove it all the way i have strong inclinations that i'm on the right vein here but i'll lay it down according to the sky clock we are still firmly in the age of pisces and it's going to be quite some time before we move into Aquarius. And yet we're faced with knowing there's an age change. Some kind of an era shift has happened and will end on the low point of the sun during the Great Conjunction. And so here's what I began to realize as I went to take apart the Marvel movies again. What does it open with? What starts this whole 22 master builder number picture run? Iron Man starts it, right? Who's the, the big wrap up at the end? Who's the guy that dies, saves the world and dies? It's Iron Man, right? Is he standing in for the Iron Age? Is that what's going on here? Is that the age that is ending? Is the Iron Age ending? And I know so many people listening are going to have made choices that say, no, I don't accept that. The Vedics say this, and the, someone else says that, and my teacher taught me this. What I'm doing is what I always do. I look at the numbers, and I see what they're doing in the real world. And I try to correlate them. After I have some idea, I go out to what other traditions have said, and I try to balance the ledger. And a lot of times, this is very effective. So is it possible that at the low point of the sun in the year 2020, on December 21st, when the Great Conjunction happens, the age of iron is ending? Is it possible? I think it might be. And I'm still looking for ways to balance that out. That would solve the problem if it was correct, with the whole Pisces-Aquarius thing. And that is untrustable. 
I can go to the light of Egypt who are going to tell me in 1881, we went into Aquarius. Well, that sounds very convincing. 1881, that's a nine. That's a completion. So that sounds convincing, but show me more than convincing. Show me something I can hang my hat on. You can't. Then this other guy is going to come along and say, no, it was 1981. Well, that sounds convincing. There's nines in there, but sh you know this this goes on. But the real problem is I know how to mark the age. You go to March at the spring solstice and you look at the sign behind the sun and we ain't there. So my main point here is that to me right now, it doesn't matter whether you want to call it Pisces or Aquarius. I The sun shows us we're in P Pisces. Part of the problem here is what if someone redrew the boundaries just slightly? That's a possibility uh, that maybe can get worked out. But what if we're just simply leaving the age of iron? Um, so there's all that, Jason. What would that imply exactly if we're leaving the age of iron? Because right now we're supposed to be in the information age, aren't we? We're mixing metaphors. Um, if you wanted to talk about the Iron Age, it would be an uh, overall a catch-all, right? So all these things would happen at their base. Uh, the information age, does, even though it's so all-inclusive and important, it doesn't really rise to that foundational eye of a gold age, a silver age. Here's the problem. If I go to the oldest traditions, which are Vedic from India, probably, um, I'll, I'll get one set of cultural constructs to try to inform us. But as I have said before, one of the most hidden things I've ever come across is the, the timing of the ages. It seems to be so, no one's just coming out and saying it. But here's another thing. People are starting to come out and say things that they wouldn't before. That also implies, well, maybe we're coming into a new age here and people are ready to do more things. And I accept it. Here's the way that I've been kind of framing it in my own mind based on decades of watching the numbers game, correlating what they meant in the real world with what the news said, whether it was a lie or otherwise, um, what I could see, this number is being used in this way. And here's the thing about numbers that people forget all the time. We live in duality. For any number, well, let me start before that. Numbers are not good or bad. They are symbols and they are critically important in the way we live. I always say, if you can't show the intent of the person using it, then you probably don't know at its foundation whether it's a good idea or a bad idea, a positive idea or a negative idea. No number is bad on its own, almost. <laughs> There's one that kind of has an exception, and Crowley was all over it. And the only reason it's got the negative overtone is because people have implied it. It's like the number 13, which I will address in a minute. The number 13 stands for the sun in the oldest traditions. Think about it. There are 12 disciples at the table. Who's the 13th? Hercules. There are 12 laborers. Who's the 13th? It's standing in for the station of the sun to show us where we are in the heavenly calendar, which binds us all. Everything is there. The jovial ideas of Jupiter, the binding ideas of Saturn that we get frustrated with because we need to grow up. And we don't like being hit across the knuckles and, and told you did it wrong. Um, all these ideas are there. But we have just come through. from This is wholly from my point of view. And I do have some other places that will match what I've said that are much older. A cycle of one through nine. The cipher or the zero, I do not count as a number. But it is nonetheless used and therefore provably important. And it's called the cipher or other words for it 
was heavily used in magic, by the way. When you get through all the numbers we have, one through nine, you go back to one, and what do you do? You add the cipher, the zero. Now, the way that I accept it is that really nine is the completion. And the reason is I could take big events from the world, like the naming of PlayStations and Xboxes, and I could prove that the completion idea was nine. Um, and I could take cell phones. There's all important. How important are cell phones to the world? The naming of those was another way that I confirmed it. In the older traditions, they want to say that 10 is both completion and perfection. Okay, those are important things to remember. But in my view, I don't dispute that, by the way, and I always keep it handily in the front of my mind. But from what I see to navigate the world that I'm in, I'm, I use the construct that I'm explaining to you. When we get past that nine, that one, it loses the cipher, the zero, and it rolls back to one. Now, we've been doing the one through nine thing since whenever, and it appears to me that we're leaving now. And each of us is somewhere in a cycle. Now, to put a kind of crass idea in, in your mind so that you can think about it, when you die, you could be a six. You could be a nine. You could be a perfect 10. You could be any one of these because we all have to work out what we have to work out. And we're all individually on a trail. And this is the allegory put forth in the Lotus myth. This thing is in the mud. In the nastiest stuff you can imagine, it grows up, it's coming through the water, finally it breaks the surface, and it is perfect and pure and spotless and a heavenly smell like you've never encountered. And some people are there. They're all the way at the top, pure and perfect. Some people are just about to break the water. Some people are down in the mud still. That's a correlation to the idea of the number cycle. Now, what we're going into, in my view, and there are some things that back it up, uh, is the 11 through 9 cycle. Now, in all these forms of numerology that people have been taught, you pick up books, some of them are very nonsense. Just It's like the Zodiac and the sun, Sunday paper. It's not what I use. What I do is I figure out what I've seen, what I've looked at over a lifetime, then I go correlate it. Well, what did this tradition think? And that's where I get big confirmations to say, hey, man, there's something to this system that I saw really in the world that I live in. So this 11 through 9 cycle, there's two really important numbers. Actually, three, because 19 in many systems is important. Because when you're figuring things out, sometimes 11, 19, and 22, people will make it hold its value. It will literally be 11. It will literally be 19. It will literally be 22. And the forms that I've used to understand what I see in the world, I've always broken it down. But when I get to these numbers... I always hold open the idea that I'm not going to make nine and one a one. I'm not going to make one and one a two. I'm not going to make two and two a four. So in a minute here, I'm going to jump into the ideas about the 11 through 22 cycle. And Jason, we got to take a break because Blix says he's pretty sure he needs to pee. Okay. Um, I right, jump it back in. Blix successfully went potty. Catching him. That's another story. So um, I was about to go down 11, but I, I want to say something about 13. And these are critical. We're going, in my view, into a new age, which is more spiritual, more subtle. We're, we're going to have higher abilities, which has been demonstrated in endless ways. But think of the Ouija board. How many people out there think the Ouija board is nonsense? How many people out there think the Ouija board is real? Here's my question. 
would you mess with it, not knowing it or better, just because you think this, that, or the other thing? You saw a movie or you read something once somewhere. Would you mess with it? And here's where the duality of numbers comes into play. And the number 13 is the prime example. Every effort in our world has been made to make the number 13 bad, as bad as a number can be, to the point where they don't even put 13th floors in most sky rises for the very reason that, as far as I can tell, really began in the public eye with the idea of the Knights Templar, which is a construct. Yeah, all the Knights Templar were killed on Friday the 13th. By the way, that's a very evil, ugly, gnarly day. When Friday the 13th comes around, you just don't, you want to be careful. Well, it's provably nonsense, for one thing. I'm not saying the idea, but the construct that's driving the idea is there were Templars all over the world. They probably invented banking as we see it now. And this was one place where this big supposed kill off happened. So you can see the construct getting its legs. Here's the thing about 13. In the duality of numbers, it stands for the sun. That's a high lofty idea. Every flower is going to bloom because of the sun. Every baby is going to be born. We're going to have food to eat. We will be warm or we will be cold, uh, which is the allegory for hell because of the sun. But here's the thing about the duality of 13th. The negative side of that number that stands for the highest thing stands for one of the darkest things. It's directly relatable to necromancy according to tons of old texts. Now it starts to make sense when you go back to why aren't they putting a 13th floor in a building? Why are they telling us this Friday the 13th night Templar story? But here's the thing. Why are we just always on the negative side? Well, because they were hiding. They've always hidden the sky clock. They've always, at least since the Vatican, at least since sometime around the Renaissance, all these natural things that were known, which allow us to more higher spiritual paths in this perfection we call nature, um, were taken away. And they were stomped out when they were found. And then they were encoded into things. So this is the point I will make. Do you want to mess with things that might have high spiritual importance if you don't know what you're doing? For me, I don't. I'd love to know more, but I'm not going to go pick up a Ouija board, not because I'm superstitious, because I understand that I don't understand. It's like giving monkey dynamite, right? Monkey doesn't know what the hell it is. Now I'm going to hand him a lighter. Let's see what happens. Until I know more, I know enough to be prudent, which by the way, I made a big deal out of my last episode image with Rafi. The whole idea of prudence is we should live by it. Be cautious, know more, investigate, understand, know things. Don't just act like you know things. And the number 13 is a stark marker representing the loftiest, highest, best of things, but at the same time, the kind of ugliest, darkest, worst of things. There's your duality in our world, which takes me back to 11. All right, that's the breaking point for the free section. Please join us in the members section for the full show. There it is, man. Cheers.
belief is the enemy of knowing. 